Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. We are joined today by Lisa, the owner of Scaling Deep. And over the last 14 years, she has helped thousands of impact-driven business owners dive deep into their unique value and business models to build sustainable and profitable brands. I absolutely love this because I am all about unique value and sustainability. Lisa helps coaches niche experts become thought leaders and increase their impact and wealth with membership programs. She is a big believer in business simplicity and intention. She helps her clients accomplish their goals by focusing on what to do and what to ignore. I love that. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited we finally get to chat. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I love I love talking about this stuff. And it's so great to hear you read back my bio like that. It's like so fun to actually hear it like paced out. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I like standing for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Everything in your bio, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I resonate. I resonate. Yep. I love it. <laughs> well, you're a fellow Canadian, right? I am. Yes. So there you go. <laughs> There's yep. some things in there that are, that are very Canadian, I think, too. <laughs> awesome. So I we're definitely going to be digging into creating, running a membership, but I would love for you to share a little bit more about you, your story, kind of. I, I would love to hear like what made you fall in love with the membership model in particular? Well, yeah. So it's my story is sort of like long and convoluted. So I won't I won't get into all of it. And maybe just that sort of abridged version would be really not fitting into a corporate setting, wanting to have things that are challenging. Like I like to work on things that I find fulfilling and meaningful and take a lot of my sort of heart and soul, I'd say. That's how I'm I'm wired but without working all the time. So, you know, got into this sort of life coaching world, which I thought was interesting and uh, dove into so much psychology, which I love. And and then kind of moved my way more into business because I realized that entrepreneurs are who I loved hanging out with. And of course, and I was in the social change world and we hung out with a lot of mission-based businesses. So that kind of came together nicely and then made my way into strategy because I am a really strategic thinker and I always look at the future and want to figure out the most efficient way to get to a goal. And I like to do it systematically in a way that helps us do less. Like I'm not a real throw spaghetti at the wall person. I was just actually on a call with a mindset coach earlier and I'm like, yeah, that's not really my thing, throwing spaghetti at the wall. I'd much rather use an experiment in terms of figuring out what the hypothesis is for something like I want to sell this thing, or I want to build this thing. And then using kind of more of a methodology to figure out what's working instead of just like not knowing what's not working and not knowing what's working. So that's just my style. And so then I really 
decided memberships were fascinating offers. They were interesting to me. And I felt like I really just needed to kind of niche down a little bit. And I didn't have, like, as I'm so multi-interested in so many things that I, I felt like I needed to have something that it was like a niche that people could understand very clearly. Oh, it's this thing. But it was interesting enough for me that it wasn't putting me too much into a like a tiny little narrow thing where I had to talk about one thing with that had no complexity over and over again. <laughs> so I very much chose it as a, hey, there's not a lot of women in this space and no one's talking about it in unique ways about sort of the way the world is changing and how people are wanting community and to be getting into like accessing things that are a little bit more well-rounded. And I thought, well, I could, I could fill that gap. So that was like, kind of a really strong intention. I love that. Yeah. I'm, I think right now too, is the like perfect time for memberships too. Yeah. Like we're, we're seeing all these mini memberships and then there's mid memberships, there's high ticket, like there, there's so much variety to what you can do with a membership program for your audience. Yeah. And it was changing. It's been changing that direction for a long time with just subscription services being the norm for everything we do. And I think I saw a little bit of that, but I've also just felt like it gives us options, right? Like, and I think that's also what I I love. I said, I love complexity. So I do like looking at something and going, okay, this isn't linear. There's no like one size fits all formula. So how do we take that complexity and come up with something for people that works for them individually based on their personality, based on their volume of audience so far, you know, or their desire that all matters anyway, but this model or this type of offer forces us to really consider that because you can get yourself into a bit of a pickle if you are, oh, I don't really like growing volume and I don't really want to put myself out there, but I want to charge next to nothing for this program just because it's a membership. So it really forces us to think through what is important to us. So we do it right. Because one thing not to sell something it's another thing to sell something at too little, right? Because if something just like kind of flops, it's like, okay, now I don't run that program, but you're likely going to get people who sign up for something that's a membership. Somebody, like a few people will start. And so you want to make sure that you're happy enough with it, that you can do it for longer. Yeah. Cause that, that kind of leads into my next question. So I was going to say like, do you have like a, a criteria or are there specific like things that you should have in place for anyone who's considering creating a membership? Or is there certain reasons why it may not be a good fit for you? Yeah, like I think that, well, that's a really big question. You know, I let people come to me with the idea that they want to start a membership. I'm very much like a, I just attract those who are, it's already on their mind or they're attracted to the offer. I think people are attracted to the offer for various reasons. And there's some good reasons. And then there's some ones that are like a little bit more in the fantasy world reasons. So the good reasons are, they're doing something that is one on one, and it's not sustainable because they're filling up. And it's also not as affordable for some of the people who they would like to serve. And that makes a lot of sense, because they're refining themselves, repeating themselves over and over again, teaching the same things, and they know that it would work well in a group environment. And they're attracted to the model of it being self-led and not having like an intensive group program that starts and stops and has to do a big launch. So I think there's those practical reasons where it's like, wow, this makes sense for my business right now. And I really believe in this model. And so I think there's that. And I think that's a good reason. And I think because it's going to be 
challenging to shift into something that's brand new. But I think the challenging reasons around doing it is like to think about, oh, I just want to make like passive income where I don't have to do very much. (laughs) And people can all talk together, which I think works really well if you're a community builder or if you have a really specific niche and people just go in there and talk about the thing and they don't even really need you to be the one that leads the conversations or seeds the conversations or comments on everything. So I think that is a really great thing. But if you don't have that and you still want that, it's going to be really hard to have that work out the way you think. You're going to spend a lot of time trying to recruit people for a very low amount and still not having the engagement or the sales volume. So it's not a no-brainer offer. It still has to really make sense for your goals, your drive, your passion for the thing and sort of the type of environment you're creating. And I think that's why it's different for everyone. And we really have to check into what is our purpose for it? Like, what is our personality telling us about how we're going to make it work? Yeah, that's a really good point. I've seen quite a few memberships where it's like built on the community aspect. And I feel like that's a lot of the reason why people stay too, is yeah. for the community. But I've like signed up, gotten in there and it's kind of quiet. Like the people in aren't engaging. It's very stagnant. And and then people will drop off like flies. <laughs> so yeah, it's hard to do that. And that is true. So here's here's part of it. You can definitely have a membership that doesn't have that even component in it. And if you're offering something really valuable, or if there's other reasons why people are there, because you're offering something like different, and it's a certain style of content or learning a certain thing, it'll still work. However, if you can find natural engagement somehow, then you're going to be a lot better off because like I had just actually interviewed somebody on my podcast yesterday and she is so excited because the membership she's running now, she's like, they are so engaged that she doesn't even have to really do anything. And she goes, I've never really wanted a membership where I have to be like trying everything, like pulling everything out to try to get people to respond to things and talk about things. And I totally agree. Like, I don't want to have like lots of chit chat, you know, I want to have like, that is not even related to the thing you're taught, you're selling, right? Like or that you're trying to teach people on. I love the idea of the natural engagement. So you kind of have to find your formula to that natural engagement. If you're not really just a, Hey, I love dogs and I love dogs that do certain things. And I know there's a million other people who also love this certain dog doing a certain thing and they could talk about it all day and all night. That absolutely can work. (laughs) But if you don't have that specific thing where it's all based on a common interest and outcome, that's so like you talk about it and just share, then you're going to have to try to figure out how to have that naturally built in. And that will be different for every single program. But that's the key to sustainability (laughs) for sure. I love that you said like it, it, and it looks different for everyone. And you don't even have to have that community aspect. It's like, that's what we think of a lot of times Mm -hmm. when we hear membership. But I know the introverts listening, like ears perked up, like, wait, you mean I don't have to like build this community and engage every day and try to force people to show up and engage? And I I love that. There's other ways to do it. Like I I added in um, Voxer office hour days twice per month and right because I knew my audience and they, they loved like getting support, but showing up on the monthly zoom call, like 
most of my monthly Zoom calls for the Introvertpreneur Club, I'm the only one on camera. Every single oh, other person has their camera off and I'm fine with that. I'm like, show up how you want. Like, so it, it's about knowing your audience too and like what their needs are. Yeah. So if you can create a, a different kind of way to get that support that isn't on the spot, right? And for people who want to observe and still be there, then you find that way for that personality type or that community. And again, we can get really creative as long as we're okay, but here's the caveat. So as long as we are getting people to engage, and we're not over delivering what we would normally be charging, say way more for privately, right? So we just I that's the one thing too, just because it's not all about community and, and talking in a group that way, it doesn't mean that we should also just add in a bunch of private stuff, you know, because then I mean, unless it's a higher ticket membership, which is totally fine. But we just want to make sure we price it accordingly, because I want to make sure that it's sustainable for everyone, because I think memberships don't last because they're not sustainable. And this usually means that there's an over delivery for not the right price point. So that's the only thing I you know want to caution about how we decide to solve that problem, then maybe you've got to just think about it as like, yeah, this is a membership, but it's higher ticket. <laughs> if I'm going to be adding in things that are not as self-led. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because I know for me, like running a live program or anything with like where I have to show up, I don't want to like overcommit myself and then over deliver because I, I definitely feel like I'm an over deliverer. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I need to watch myself and like pull back when I feel like I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that's like, again, I always say to people like, it's got to be sustainable in the long run or else. And the same person I was having this podcast interview with yesterday, I was like, you know, like you might find this fun now because she's doing like for really low cost, her membership's like $27 a month. She's doing personalized reviews and, and I'm like, but she likes them. And I'm like, but maybe that should be another tier, you know, of access for that. Or maybe, you know, you can, I don't know, just do limit and, and the people on the other tier can look at them and watch them, but not get their own done. Because at some point, like when you get to a really sustainable size where it's, it's the only program you have, for example, and it's maybe even if it's just eight grand a month, you know, it doesn't have to be massive amounts of money, but it's like fun to run. You can't be, oh, I can't serve this amount of people, you know, because they all need personalized reviews. So it's like, we don't want to do anyone a disservice by closing out the community. And I don't think they want them either because we're like, okay, I've burnt out. I have an issue and I can't be there six hours a day or five hours a day. So we just have to make sure that we're thinking about it longer term. So it lasts. I love that. Yeah. It's such an important thing to think about because I know like I changed mine from a membership. So now it's like a lifetime group program is what I'm calling it. Okay. And, and definitely raise the price even for the the payment plan now. And because I just, I felt like I was, like you said, over delivering, um, like giving so much of myself that it was starting to feel a little bit exhausting. Like I loved it. I love helping people and I'm people pleaser as well, but I really had to look at the time, the energy, the content and like the value that members were getting. Yeah. Yeah. So as I said, we can't mask a higher end group program into a membership and be like, oh, I'm going to charge like nothing for it. We can still have it, a membership. I mean, I I, like lots of masterminds are actually kind of memberships. They're just offering the, you know, the group component is in there. The probably live meeting times are in there. 
and they they may even include some private support and that's okay if as long as you're you're charging a sustainable amount for your business to run and and I think lifetime access is a thing that I've been not really sure about until recently and I'm like okay I'm going to be offering that soon <laughs> because it, you can still sell it like a, that program in that that option and have people at a different level too that can come and go maybe or access it differently and as long as you're there showing up on a regular basis with a consistent schedule that you can manage your life around and then they can plan around it's still a membership because it's not a oh everyone starts here walk goes through the same process and ends here so it's can be quite open and you can choose your own pricing you can choose your own whatever you're offering inside it it's totally up to you so it's super flexible but it just has some components of like usually evergreen enrollment like it usually means that not everyone has to start at the same time and get the same thing out of it so that's that's sort of more of a membership component than say a group program where it's like oh here's the materials day one we're doing this week two we're doing that week three we're doing that so those are the differences yeah yeah and i think when it comes to like over delivering i don't know would you agree that there's like some really small memberships that are like out there right now and oh the micro membership (laughs) yeah and there's like you get in there and there's so much content and you're like how can I possibly like create something like this and charge so little but I think it's important to know like people have teams people have like coaches in the program to go along with them like they're not doing it all themselves because if they were they would be charging a heck of a lot more or they would be would have been burnt out like a year ago (laughs) Well, yeah, because think of the admin, right? Like Mm -hmm. think about the admin when you're charging so little, how much people are coming and going when you're running anything at high volume. So, you know, I kind of don't know that I really love the micro membership. I mean, I don't mind putting a stake in the ground for that. I think they work for some people who want to get huge. They want to, or they're offering something very specific and very sustainable. And it doesn't matter whether they're offering it to 10 or a thousand because it it's, this, you know what I mean? The, the deliverable is very specific, but I think the problem is, is that we're kind of racing ourselves to the bottom with the strategy. We are all saying like, Oh, instead of charging 27 or 37 or 47, or even more, we're going to charge seven for something that you then have to commit to the volume And you're kind of counting on people to not really use it and not bother to cancel. And I just think that that's a lot of it because how many people are in these really micro ones that they don't even consider it money Mm -hmm. because it's so little. And so then I'm like, well, then that doesn't mean that people are going to use it because I think there's a, some people will for sure, but others are like, I don't even value this enough to bother to go in and look at it. Whereas when we pay for something and we're paying enough that it's significant to us, we want to use it. I mean, I'm in a $2,000 a month mastermind right now that I want to use and I literally find ways to use it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I will like, okay, I haven't checked up with these people lately because there's a bunch of different kind of coaches and access. And I am like making sure that I am making back at least 2K every month from my actions inside that group and taking advantage of what's there and leveling myself up because I've made that commitment. And I, that actually in some ways creates more success and better results than having a whole bunch of people that are like, yeah, I'm in this thing, but I don't really know what I think of it. Like I, you know, cause it's just so 
confusing or such a small line item, you know, in our in our expense sheet that we can't be bothered going through the effort of finding whatever it is we're supposed to use. So I don't know. I think there's like, I think there are, will work for certain people, but I think a lot of people are going to end up charging too little and not being able to grow the volume. And then they're going to be stuck with something that's going to be like, okay, I make $70 off this <laughs> per month and I'm still working really hard on it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of reminds me of, um, I had a conversation recently with a business friend. We were talking about like the explosion of the $9 offers and mm-hmm. I have three right now and I love creating them because they're, they're fun for me to create. They're like hmm. easy, but they're super like valuable and like easy for people to go through and like consume and get a win. But we were talking like about recent launches of bigger programs and we're like, are we maybe like training our audience to only purchase these like $9 yeah. offers? <laughs> Because there's so many of them out there and they are so valuable because we're like, that's the goal. We put all this value into it so that you get excited about signing up for something that's maybe more of an investment. Yeah. And I think that is potential, but you're right. Like, who are we attracting? And and will they buy that $1,000 program or that $1,000 monthly program from you or whatever it is, right, that you want to charge? I think that, I mean, I... I don't know if you're growing a big enough volume from it, like thousands of people buying these things, then you probably have enough of a pool. But I don't know. It just feels like a bit of a, like, again, if you love creating it, but I mean, I'm just curious. So, I mean, this is a question almost to you is like, are you charging $9 for it? And it's still a good deal, even if it was 29. Like I was, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, what is the rationale for it? I'm curious. Do you have thoughts around, and I'm asking you the question, (laughs) do you have thoughts around what the difference is between low ticket and then micro? Because that's what I'm saying. Like, I do think a lot of memberships do work well at that 27, 37, 47. You know, I even consider low ticket, especially B2B is under a hundred, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that it gets higher ticket over to 50, 300. And then there's this middle tier, which I've been in for a long time and I'm finding that awkward. So I'm going to be making some changes. But I'm curious to know, like, why why $9 versus 19 or 29 or 39 for you when you're selling it? Yeah, I think, I think for me, it's like the goal is lead gen. But like I did pre-sell one last month. And then when I finished it, I was like, this is worth way more than $9. Like I could not. <laughs> so I delivered it to everyone who pre-sold it. And then I, I had it done before the end of the month. So I just let everyone know. I'm like, it's now ready. But I told you that the pre-sale was going to be on until the end of the month. I'm going to leave it at $9, but then I'm increasing it to 47 And I did. Okay. And it's, I feel like I could even easily, I think, in double that. But I'm like, yeah. yeah, it comes back to the over delivering. Like I, it's basically a course and has like a lot of my entire system for creating content. And I'm like, wow. this is, this is not $9 like at all. <laughs> Well, okay. So that's the thing, right? So that's kind of what we have to ask about ourselves. Are we someone who is capable of offering just those bite-sized things? Like I can't really, like, I don't know how to do that. Like I would have to do something so minimal. Actually, it's so funny because I was just on the call with an ad strategist and I came up with a, you know, a new lead magnet that I want to run 
And I actually was like, well, I have this thing. And it's like literally a, I already have it created. And it's like the 10 week launch timeline for a membership. And I'm like, and it's one slide. She's like, we'll use that. I'm like, okay, because everything else I would have created, like I, I'm like, because we we're thinking all these different sort of things that I could create, they would have all probably, I would have put way too much effort in because I wouldn't have known when to stop. But I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. but I haven't happened this slide that I already have in my paid workshop. <laughs> I'm like, let's pull that out. So it's like, you almost have to go so simple with these things that if you really want to make it like that free or low cost that because otherwise we are putting in like workshops used to be $450 and now they're 47, you know, like these are things that we spent 10 hours creating Mm -hmm. and now we've already undervalued them so much. And now we're going even lower on this trend, right? Like I remember years ago when workshops were hundreds of dollars, you charge like a half day workshop or something. And it was like nine 97. So we're just kind of racing to the bottom. And I don't know, like if you want a high volume business, like I just, something in me does not crave the super high volume business. I know I get, can get team members to do a lot of the things, but for just something about the, I will go there if it's the next easiest thing to do, but I don't want to start out that way. That's not me. And I know that about myself. I want my relationships I want my feedback from people. You know, I don't want parasocial relationships. I want people to like email me and I'll respond. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because that's me. I'm like I said, because that's me, then I will, like I said, grow volume if they whatever, like if it's the next best thing or the next easiest thing to do, not on an intention. So therefore I have to charge enough because I'm going to show up and there's going to be five people on a call or three. Yeah. I feel, I feel the same way. I'm like, I always, my husband is always saying like, Oh, if I had your knowledge, I could be a millionaire and like grow this multi-million dollar business. And I'm like, but that would involve so much volume that I wouldn't be able to actually like show up and like connect with people. I would just be like this figure of the business and I would never want that. Yeah. It's just, so I think you have to know, because I think when somebody tries to do the low ticket, low ticket, low ticket, you might be getting lots of sales and I know it feels good. There's lots of dopamine in that, right? But it doesn't mean that you're actually making enough money for the amount of time you're working. And you've got to look at your life and be like, well, what have I been trained to do? Like, what kind of career would I be having if I was to have a job? Like, what phase of this would I be at in my career? Am I at my peak of my earning potential? And if I if I am, like, then, like, if I would have been in the work world, then maybe I should reflect on, okay, maybe this isn't, you know, just working because it's fun and not making money. So sometimes you have to just decide, well, what is more important to you and what phase are you in? And so when it comes to charging, I'm all for business development. I'm all for doing things that are lost leaders in that, but I'm not really at the end of the day into giving away everything for next to nothing. It's like, I don't know. I don't mind doing a few like things that are free, but we just have to know why we're doing it. Mm -hmm. So anyways, yeah. So low ticket. Yeah. Low tickets. Great. If we're can limit what we're going to do, but I don't want to see people doing like personal stuff when they're charging less than $50 per month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's such an important point because I know we're all about the low ticket right now, but there is a place and definitely not when it comes to your energy or having to show up and 
give so much of yourself one-to-one in that capacity. Well, and we're changing the industry too much because Mm -hmm. you know how like when things get competitive in the rest of the world, like if all the airline prices go down, well, everyone's airline prices have to go down. And in our industry, they will be giants, right? They will be people who have, and there already are, but there will be even more because there'll be somebody who's captured the market and can do the really low profit margin because they are such a high volume that they can make like a dollar off of every sale instead of 10 or a hundred or a thousand. So we will be making it impossible for other people to come in because if you're, if everything's so price competitive and it's so low, then we won't be able to compete with the big, big ones who don't need the same profit margin. Mm -hmm. And that's anyways, if we're headed down that fine, but we're also there's a there's a potential to differentiate. I said I don't buy a lot of low ticket things, although I did buy your nine grid. <laughs> that was awesome because I was like, design is my Achilles. <laughs> I was like, I need this. Yay. But um, like I was like, there's no, I have no business messing around on this on my own. But I uh, I do believe that we can differentiate with higher tickets. As I said, I'm in a two thousand dollar mastermind that gives me everything I need, and it's at such a high level, and it is so satisfying being in it that it's like. I've differentiated. I'm not buying something for 200 a month or $20. You know, I know what I'm getting. I have high expectations from it and then it can deliver. So I think that's kind of where you can differentiate as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point too. About because I know when I invest more in something, like um, I was in a similar like 2K per month, and I was like, every single call I am showing up, every single opportunity to like get personalized feedback. I am doing it. Like, yeah. I am, I'm committed to this. And I feel like that's also kind of the differentiator when somebody signed, like when I sign up for something that is like a smaller self-study course, it's like, it just goes into my notion tracker and I may or may not ever go back to it. Yeah, totally. I mean, that, that I know myself and I know that, I mean, I, again, a lot of people aren't a lot like that. So we also have to consider who is our audience. And I know that I'm not my audience. I'm like half my audience, but I'm not the other half. The other half wants to buy a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I have to also make sure I'm giving them options too. Mm-hmm. So I'd love for you to share about your um, free on-demand video training on how to grow a wildly successful membership. So for anyone listening who is like, I've been thinking about a membership model, I would love for you to share just a little bit about what they'll get from this video training. Yeah. So the main point of the training is to talk a little bit about some of the things we talked about today, which is how you can, like what like the number one sales tool is for your, your membership, like what it's going to take to create something that's really stands out. And I talk a little bit about how to like, what kind of, do you need lots of content? Do you not? So just, it's like shifting people's thinking on how soon they can get started, how they can get started, like being scrappy about it. Because I think that there's so many options and we've been taught that there's just this one way to do a membership, like do this low ticket, high volume thing, give content, copious amounts of content. And so I just really kind of bust those myths and show different ways of doing it and ways of thinking about it. So yeah, it's really, it's really good for people who are like, Oh, I totally resonate with this. Thanks for, thanks for sharing with me that I can do it differently. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cause it, and it's so needed because there's so many variables with memberships. Like there's such a different like type of offer compared to anything else. And yeah, like 
a lot of times we we need somebody like you to come in and be like, here's what you're doing incorrectly, or here's how this could be improved. Because I know so many of us get burnt out um, with it. That's probably the number one thing I've seen with memberships, like even ones that I've been a part of that have then closed. It's because the membership owner just got burnt out trying to keep up and over deliver. And not pricing it high enough that they can hire the support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, and that's and so I do like to talk about that. I like to bust those myths open. And I think there, there are exceptions to everything. And I think being savvy in business, I mean, it's like product innovation, right? Like products need to be changed and innovated and brand new things come out. And we've got to be thinking like, what is our differentiators as online business owners? What are those things? And they are things like positioning and pricing. Like that is our product. Like, look, right? Like that's completely why people would, it's how we're talking about it, how we're describing it, the outcomes that we're, we can't, they, people aren't looking at something going, oh, I'm picturing that handbag on me when I'm walking down the street, right? We're having to help them envision things. And that's where we have to get really clear on what that is and who it's for. So, you know, I think that it's important to just really hone in on that core thing that we're doing so that we're not trying to hustle to get people to understand what it is and having to spread our marketing too far and wide. And so that's one of the number one things we can do is get super clear on that so that we feel like when we're getting in front of people, they're getting it and saying, yes, this is for me or no, it's not for me. And then we can spend less time on that and then more time inside the membership. And then also charging accordingly because we know people know they need it. And then we can run a sustainable program that is there to last. And I think everyone wants to know that the program that they love is going to last. And then we can spend more time making it sure it's the program that they love, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So by really paying attention to what our members are in asking for and what's not working and how to make those changes. So we've got to have both. We got to be the marketer and the deliverer. And it's like the huge part of what we're doing is marketing and sales. And if we don't have time for that, because we're just doing way too much, like trying to please everyone inside the membership, it's like, take a step back and go like, Hmm, what's not working. Let's be really honest here. Cause you're not going to be able to hustle your way into making it work. You're going to have to think about it. And then as you fix those, make those slow fixes, then you can do that and spend more time recruiting more people into it. So the whole thing is a sustainable system. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So everyone, if you are in the membership mode, definitely go grab Lisa's free training. I'm going to have that link in the show notes and then also her website. Cause I know like if you already have a membership, it might be worthwhile to look into um, VIP coaching to figure out why your membership isn't growing or why it's not at the point you would like it or where the inconsistencies are or what needs to change. Because I hate seeing people shut down memberships. I'm like, you just need to to change things. You just need yeah. to figure out what's what's broken or what's not working. And that's the beauty of memberships. You can change things up, even though you know, you've made promises. It's okay to tweak things if you're like, if you're able to communicate it and, you know, keep your current members in mind as you're changing things up. Oh, they love, and they love it. Like they love to see you as the leading learner, the person who's like learning as you go and, and sharing the journey with them. I mean, they're paying for that inside 
connection to what's going on than behind the scenes. So I think that's a great, great idea. I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know when I um, when it was still a membership, I was like, I'm feeling burnout. I'm exhausted. I'm tired of creating monthly content. <laughs> like, I don't even know what else to create for you guys. I was like, okay, we're going to stop monthly content. There's not going to be new monthly trainings. Like there is a live monthly training, but there's not going to be like any pre-recorded content shared every month. And instead, that was when I introduced the Voxer office hours and they loved it. Like <laughs> they were so obsessed with Voxer office hours and how they could like reach out to me on two Mondays out of the month and and get my feedback, get like brainstorm together, personalized support, answer questions. And I was like, this is so much easier for me too. Like I'm not creating content that again, like nobody's even using. So I'm like using all this energy and like mind space to create this. And then I actually looked at the data and I was like, nobody's even really like going in every month to check out this new content. Maybe it's, you know, not relevant to everyone. Maybe they're just like, oh, I'll check that out later, whatever. So why am I like basically busting my ass to create this just because I promised it? It I know. And people don't care if you're changing things and they just trust you like, okay, I'm not doing this because no one's using it or whatever. Yeah. You just need to completely, you're catering to them and you're changing for them. So you also have to be okay to change for yourself and note that, well, I I took this out because no one's using it. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I think you've got to just be really confident and being, knowing that you're there to serve them and help them get results. And so you're going to do what it takes to get them results. That's exactly it. And you're being burnt out is not going to get them results. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you do, can I just ask you a quick question? Are you doing a Voxer group channel or are you doing individual for your program? Individual. Just, I always felt like a group was just too busy. Like yeah, I couldn't, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was just way too, um, too much. I couldn't keep track. It was just, yeah, it was overwhelming. So I do individual. Okay, perfect. Well, yeah, I was just curious to know because I mean, it, it can work probably in different ways, but I wasn't sure. I just wanted to, make, to clarify that. Yeah. I think if I ever did a, like a small group program, I'd have a group chat because I do think it's great to like see other people's questions or like get feedback from other people, not just me, but yeah, definitely ways to do it. <laughs> well, it sounds like you found your stride with it. So congrats. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Amazing. Awesome. Well, it was so awesome to chat with you. Like I could talk to you forever. Like you're so easy to talk to about this. And I love this conversation. And I know there's so many people even in my program who either have a membership or want have been thinking about creating one. I can actually think of several people who like just launched one this month. So this oh, nice. episode is like perfect timing um, for them. And yeah, thank you so much. It was so great to connect with you. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at thetarareed.com, where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.